Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Episode 13 of the Bear Claw Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Vince. And I got Q with me. Q with Maddox. What's going on, man? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Uh... Summer started, and we already already started getting our little Bears versus Packers trash talk going on, man. So Jordan Love, the new quarterback for the Packers, he kicked it off with a tweet on Father's Day saying, Happy Father's Day to all the Bears fans. Now, for me, it sounds like he's wishing us happy father's day but i don't i don't think he understands how this trash talk thing goes uh, I, I don't I, I know i know he's trying but the boy the boy took an l already he said he's setting himself up for <laughs> starting the season 0 and 2 <laughs> the first week <laughs> you he, see that he definitely failed with the trash talking it would have been better if he said Wish me a happy Father's Day, Bears fans. I'm not your biological, but I'm stepping in to raise you all. I mean, that trash talk, it seemed like it was real passive aggressive. Like, I want to trash talk, but I don't really know how to do it. But I got to do it because I got to be like Aaron and I got to make Packers fans happy. But I'm not really a trash talker, so I'm not going to be too controversial. It seemed like he... He trash talked the way I've seen him play quarterback in the preseason. Not confident. <laughs> I got to be out there and do this because they're paying me to do this. And I am the quarterback, so I got to stand in the center. But I'm not really confident in the cycle. He's going to play just like that. 
Not confident, not decisive. Yeah, that, that joke was definitely a duck. Definitely a dud. A 20-yard a twenty yard Mitch Trubisky pass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> moving on. We don't want to spend too much time with the Packers. They I don't I, you know, I don't like them. And you know Jordan Love may not spend much time with the Packers, but <laughs> one one could only hope. Oh. Uh, all right, look. So last time we talked, minicamp was about to start, and it ended about a little more than a week ago. The Bears had full participation, other than a few injured guys, you know, Darnell Mooney and a couple of others. Um, question: What do we learn about this? What do we learn about the Bears heading into two thousand twenty three? I think absolutely nothing. I think it's really hard to judge in minicamp. Every year you're excited about the rookie class. You heard the same stuff, you know, such, such was good. The number one receiver was good. Uh, it seems like a yearly thing in, uh, in Chicago where you overreact to every pass thrown by the quarterback, whether it be bad or good in any cap. So, you know, we saw the Justin Field highlights from DJ Moore when we heard about his struggles. Um, I don't think we, I don't think we learned anything. Yo, so I'm gonna take a turn. Usually, I've been the most. I've been a little real positive this off season headed into this season. I do think that we've got some good things headed up the way, and I kind of really don't want to do this. Even after we did the prediction episode, I had the Bears going nine wins, ten wins, and as we get further in the off season and further into the summer. I'm feeling like we're going to need everything to go right for this team to hit that nine wins. But then for this team to hit that hit that ceiling, I I just you know I, I don't know I don't I don't know. We got the reports coming from you know Justin was up and down. Claypool is looking like MIA. Yeah, he's MIA. He's you know he's not figuring it out. Um, I don't know. It, it seemed like. Maybe, maybe it's just, you know, dead, dead summer, you know, slow news day stuff. But I've got the feeling that we're going to need a lot of luck. A lot of things, a lot of guys that hit home runs, you know, there's still a different sport term. Just for this team to hit, just for this team to hit, you know, a, a, an average season. Um, it, add that in with, the, you know, the lack of, you know, top line offensive pieces. We still don't have defensive rush guys. I don't know, man. Maybe you're right. Hopefully you're right that, you know, it's just nothing. Nothing really comes from out of minicamp. It's just, you know, a lot of, you know, you you got, you got guys in short. So it's nothing really you could take from. It. Hopefully. Hopefully you're right. Um, But as I just brought up, we still don't have anybody you can, like, name on the defensive, on the defensive line that's going to, like, okay, pressure the quarterback. According to Spro Track, Bears got $32 million left in the cap. How much of that do you think they will spend to alleviate one of those issues that I just talked about? Uh, first one being starting a pass rushing. Um, absolutely none. I think Pose is um, setting his ways for better or worse. I think he's I think he's pretty much telling Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson to sink or swim. And I think the addition to the uh, defensive line 
has already been made. It, it, it was Billingsley and um, uh, Walker. I think that's it. I think what they did in the first few days of free agency is the extent of what they're going to do, unless there's an injury. So what you see from the Bears' defensive line is what you're going to get, barring injury. And that's so, so, you know, whack. We got we got guys out there, again, like I said on the past episode, Marcus Goldman was sitting right there for him. He's not going to even, he's barely, he's going to be a rotational guy for the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers. He could have started, started with the Bears. You got Yannick Ngakwe, Calais Campbell, even though he's a little over in the tooth. I, they're better than what we have. I, I'm not saying you had to throw them a lot of money. So maybe the Bears want to save some of their money and, you know, I think not have long-term deals. Excellent pickup. I mean, he's a guy that's strong against the run, and he fits perfectly into a the 4-3 Tampa 2. He's a guy that can set the edge. He Now, he's not – he's never lived up to his billing coming out of um, Southern – uh, Carolina as a pass rusher, but he grades out every year as a really good run stopper. And the Bears, I believe, were last in run rush, run defense last year. Yeah, he fits a need. He's a professional defensive end. Um, he gets good pressure, just never culminated in a set. And I think he's only 30, 31 still. He's not. A, he he's he was pretty young coming out of that twenty fourteen class, right? Yeah, he's thirty one. Yeah, I mean, to me, the Clowney Clowney would make sense, but. No, at this point, I think uh, Holes is content right where he is. I would love for him to go grab Cloudy. I was, I'm a big uh, Jadavion fan. He he doesn't get he doesn't get the pass rush. However, you know he he sets the edge. He doesn't as get the sacks. He gets the pressures. He's got the he gets he gets pressure. He, he gets the, he gets the pressure. He doesn't get the sacks. He doesn't get the sacks. And I think a lot of that is because of who he was playing against. It was more scheme. He had to set the edge and let the other guys get all the get all the highlights. But again, like I was saying, I would love for that to be a signing. You know, just just for two reasons. One, it it, it uh solves a need. But two, is a vet, he's a vet presence, and he he it would get the fan base a little more excited. Like, oh, okay, oh, we're move, we're we're actually seizing on this opportunity to you know, make some noise in this division that is very winnable. It, it, you know, and for them not to do anything like that, it just makes them like they're punting on the season. And, and, you know, we're not expecting this thing to like, you know, make a deep playoff run, or anything like that. But if the opportunity is there, strike, strike what iron's hot, bro. Eh. Well, Bears are making me mad. And it's not even October yet. <laughs> Haven't even played one down yet. <laughs> Wait until the preseason. <laughs> and the offense goes three and out. <laughs> I, I'm in midseason form. <laughs> All right, man. Let's move on to something that's like a little 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 more festive, a little, little more fun to talk about. Fantasy. All right. So we've done the we've done the running backs. We've done wide receivers. Let's move on. To tight end and quarterback. I got a stat for you, Q. Only four tight ends last season led their team in targets. Now, Dante's clues should be able to tell you that Cole Komet was one of those four. And you can probably assume if you watched the Bears last season, you can probably assume that he probably had the least productive fantasy season out of those four. <laughs> And you'd be right on both. Now, on one hand, that tells you 
that tells you that Justin likes throwing his way, right? That which is good for fantasy, opportunity equal points. But on the other hand, they did add DJ Moore. They are they do want to incorporate Chase Claypool into this offense, be you know a focal point of this offense. So you have to assume a good maybe fifteen percent at least of his target share is going to disappear. And don't and don't forget at least at least fifteen percent, right? And don't forget they signed Ryan Robert Tanya who might be a better receiver than Cole Komet. Not a better blocker, but he might be a better receiver. No. But so the question I got for you, where does Cole Komet land in your tight end fantasy rankings? Um, I'll tell you this much. If I get, if at the conclusion of me drafting my fantasy team, if Cole Komet is my tight end, something went wrong in my draft day process. He, he, I don't want him as my tight end. There's too much uncertainty with him. Um, just with his role and place of the team. Uh, I'm not a big Cole Komet fan. I think he's a solid player and I think that's it, but I would not want him to be my fantasy tight end. I'm, I'm looking at a fantasy tight end ranking on Yahoo. Uh, I'm sorry. What, what site is this? Uh, fantasy pros. And they have, they have him ranked as the number 12 fantasy tight end, which is about fair to me. Uh, he's just ahead of Dalton Schultz, who is now on Houston. So I can understand that I would have Schultz ahead of Cole Komet. I would also have uh, Greg Dokich from Denver ahead of him. But uh, that's their rankings. You know, and if you're in a 10 or 12 team fantasy format, I don't have to do the math for you. If Cole Komet's ranked number 12, that lets you know how your team is doing. If, if Cole, you better have strong receiving and, and running back core. So, no, uh, I don't think Cole Komet is a great fantasy option for the year. I think Robert Tanyan is a legit threat to his um, standing on the team. I, I don't I don't expect him to lead in, in targets this year. Not with a healthy DJ Moore, assuming Mooney and Claypool are healthy, and with them drafting um, Scott in the fourth round. I, I think I think Cole Komet could go from number one in targets to out the top four in targets for this team. I think that's a legit possibility. Wait, let me let me make sure I understood you. I want to rewind something you said. You you're on a, a very reputable fantasy site. And they have Cole Komet listed as a number twelve, number twelve, number twelve tight end. And you said if you get him as your tight end in a twelve team league, you you have failed miserably. In your draft. I feel like you failed. I feel like, well, I no, personally, I feel like I failed miserably because uh, uh, they have him 12. I don't believe he's the 12th best fantasy tight end in football. That's my personal belief. I just believe that Tunyon coming in is going to cut into his targets. I mean, who was the, who was the Bears' second tight end last year? Um, drawing a blank, it was... Uh, He's not on the team right now, so I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, he didn't have a lot of competition at tight end. And then even to go further, um, you had a lot of injuries right out of training camp. Nikhil Harry got uh, injured right in before the season started. Pringle was never healthy. So he was competing with guys like Dante Pettis, Aquamius St. Brown, and Darnell Mooney for targets. Somebody has to get the ball. And, of course, uh, 
Montgomery out the backfield. I just don't think Komet is going to have the luxury this year of being um, uh, uh, um, leading, leading his team in targets. I don't think he's going to have, have the luxury of getting that many targets. There's several guys who are going to leapfrog him this year. Uh. So, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Komet being your your starting tight end, I, I think you're taking a big risk of scoring a zero or a double or a single digits every week. Don't need could that. could be real touchdown dependent. No. Don't need that. I mean, the tight end is not deep around the NFL, so I'm sure you'll see him in starting fantasy lines at least for the first couple weeks. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't agree that tight end is deep. Obviously, no. It's, 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 no, I'm it's saying been, it's not deep. Oh, no, no, no. It's not deep. I, I agree. It's shallow. I, it's been like that for a while. Um, I don't think it's super deep. I mean, I don't think it's super shallow. I think there are, I think you can can get good production out of seven guys, maybe. You want to get a, you know, obviously you got the elite production in the like, first top two, top three, maybe. But Kelsey I think, Andrews. I think Kittle's been little fool's gold because No, I, I wouldn't put Kittle on the top three. I, I would go, <laughs> I would go someone Goddard. I will and, go. And I don't think I don't think it's any knock on Kittle skill. I just think uh, with San Francisco's quarterback situation, coupled with Debo and and, and C Mac being there, uh, they haven't utilized Kittle as much as I think they I don't think he's lost any skill, but in addition to the injuries, you got some limitations at quarterback and a lot of mouths to feed there, which drops Kittle. I think um, I think, yeah, that your your comparison to Kittle was spot on. Kittle's a great, you know, old school tight end. Yeah, he can he go he'll block you into the dirt. He'll put you down there with the Undertaker. Um, and Cole Komet's pretty is a is a, a poor man's Kittle. He can catch, but he's a better blocker. And he doesn't have the athleticism to Kittle though. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. That's poor man's Kittle. But the, with this team and the rel- the reliance of it as of being a rushing offense. We hope it doesn't coming into the season. But just so we guess what we know, this team being a rush a rush team, Kittle's gonna be on the Kittle's gonna be having his hands on somebody's jersey most of the time instead of running routes. Uh, yeah, I, if you draft him, you are asking for trouble. You are asking to like go fish for a tight end. You let me tell you. That is not Especially something. Especially what do. we've heard from him and what we've heard out of many cats. It seems like he's been, yeah, he's been in that three-point stance a lot. Yeah. Um, being an additional blocker. And I can see him. I, we assume the Bears offensive line has gotten better, but you still got a second-year player at left tackle and a rookie at right tackle. Uh, Cole Komet could be helping out not just because he's a great blocker, but because it could be a necessity. It yeah. could be a necessity for him to, uh, to to block a lot. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Like, same thing Miami did last year. They took a good tight end, somebody who led their offense in receptions and reception yards, and put him on and put him on the uh, put him on the line, made him a blocker. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that being Cole Komet's all two thousand twenty three. But yeah, it, the Bears don't have a tight end worth worth drafting in fantasy. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. 
Let's now let's move on to the most popular player on the team. The the player who's probably going to get drafted before anybody else on this team as a as it regards to fantasy. Justin Fields. Justin Fields is probably going third round, maybe middle fourth. In most drafts, most standard league drafts. Um He's got a dual. He's a dual threat quarterback. He ran for a thousand yards last year, which is just, you know, it's a cheat code for a quarterback. You know, you expect the quarterback to give you a certain amount of, you know, touchdown passes and passing yards. But if they can add something on the ground, again, a thousand yards, and I think he had what four rushing touchdowns. That is crazy money. Yeah, I played in four leagues last year, and he won. And the championship, the champion, the championship winning team. What he had him on three of them. Um, so begs the question: Can he? Can he continue that that type of uh, production? Is it is it fair to to expect that type of production? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count on seeing another thousand yards. Uh, season from him on the ground. However, I think his legs are just too important for design. He actually, um, I'm looking it up. He had eight rushing touchdowns last year. Eight. Eight rushing touchdowns. I don't think you can expect the thousand yards. I think the eight rushing touchdowns is, although, you know, they, they could incorporate a lot of, uh, a lot of quarterback sneaks at the goal line. Um, I know. I don't think it's realistic at all to, 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 expect him to contribute that uh, for fantasy. What you uh, what you will see is um, they're going to force him to throw more. So you, you're going to see you're going to see an uptick in his passing production in fantasy. But um, no, that that that's tough. Gaining 1,100 yards on the ground, even for a guy who's a running back, is not easy. So I wouldn't expect to see that again from Justin. So yeah. We expect the quarter. We expect the offense to be more vertical this year. We expect defenses to make Justin stay in the pocket and throw the ball. Uh, what 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 kind of uh, stat project projections are you giving him? Just passing wise, like what what do you think for passing touchdowns, passing yards? What do, what do you think? Oh man, um, that's a tough call because this is still an offense where we keep hearing that they're learning it and they got they got some new pieces. I think you got to expect Justin at least throw for 3,500 yards. It's the modern passing era. There's 17 games. He's got to do that. He's got to he's got to throw for 3,500. And I think you want to see him. He threw for 17 touchdowns last year, um, and he played in 15 games. Wait, uh, you said he threw for 17, or he he had 17? No, he threw for 17 touchdowns and ran for 10. So he accounted for 27 touchdowns last year running and throwing. I think it's not out of the question with the better talent uh, around him, a wide receiver and on the offensive line and another year in the scheme. I think you got to expect at least 25 touchdowns. 25. I think you got to expect. I think. I know that sounds. Listen, that is normal for quarterbacks around the NFL. Now, if you're a Bears fan, It seems like it's a lot. Twenty-five touchdowns is not a lot in this modern day. You you kind of got to set the bar. Twenty-five, like twenty-five. 
I ain't got it on me, dog. Like, <laughs> can I can I get it to you Friday? But no, right. seriously, you, you you gotta. We're in a modern passing era. I think these are actually low bars to set for a modern day quarterback. You look around the league, guys, even guys like Kirk Cousins are throwing for thirty five touchdowns a year, and we don't regard Cousins very highly on the quarterback totem pole. So I don't think I'm out of line to look at Justin and say. If we're going to have a traditional offense and you're going to throw the ball more, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm asking a lot to to give me 3,500 yards and give me um, 17 touchdowns. That's that's not really a lot. Well, uh, 3,500 yards is, is what a little more than 200 yards passing a game. 25 touchdowns is literally one little more than round one, one and a half. It's, that's so not even two. That's not even to a game. So I'm saying, yeah, I've seen comments online where people were projecting Justin Fields passing touchdowns in the 30, and then I see another comment, that's to a game. Bear down. Guys, I know we're Bears fans, <laughs> but asking your quarterback to throw for two touchdowns a game is not a lot. This is 2023. If a starting quarterback plays 15 to 17 games, he should get you above 25 touchdowns. If he's a Good quarterback, it should be 30. You should expect to see two touchdowns a game from your quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> if people you have I, lowered expectations. I have, I have seen that in, in the internet chat rooms, people are saying, yeah, Justin's going to have 43, you know, 4,300 yards, 30 some odd touchdowns. And I'm just like, you know, I don't, you know, bear down. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. But that's that's it, really not even a lot. That's a lot for Bears fans, but that's nowadays that's pretty standard for a, a top level starting quarterback, and we expect Justin to be a top level quarterback. So realistically, we should expect four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns. Okay, so if I just do some quick math in my head, and your your projections, you thirty five hundred yards, twenty five touchdowns versus what he had last year he threw for he threw for 17 you said he ran for eight and he had i forget how many yards he had but he had a thousand rush yards it sounds like his, his fantasy season last year was a little more productive just from a number standpoint oh yeah so the yeah. question that leads me to this this question um did justin fields hit his fantasy ceiling last year well, quite possibly, he quite possibly did. I mean, uh, some of that was lightning in a, in, in a bottle. Mm -hmm. um, even coming out of Ohio State, we didn't see Justin rush run as much. Um, in fact, I you wouldn't even have described him as a running quarterback based on what he did at Ohio State. So. Some of that was definitely a surprise last. So it was a surprise to us. I think it was a surprise to opposing defenses. Everybody knew he was mobile, but nobody knew he was that much of a threat. I mean, this is not hyperbole, but he had probably the most effective rushing season from a quarterback in NFL history. Um, he had, uh, I think, just in that year alone, Justin Fields had more was it more 50 yard touchdown runs than Walter Payton had in his career? Is that right? That's a stat I did not know. Uh, but I'm not, I would not be surprised of it. 
look it up. Um, I mean, he had more than Lamar Jackson did when Lamar mm-hmm. ran for 1,200 yards. He had a higher yard per carry. So, I mean, that was a season we – not even Randall Cunningham, Mike Vick, or Lamar Jackson statistically rushed as effectively or uh, – I think Lamar had more yards that one year. But, I, I mean, when you combine touchdowns, yards per carry, yard, uh, uh, outright rushing yards and big play – carries like Justin Fields had the best uh, uh, rushing season for a quarterback in NFL history. So he, you, he very well could have hit his ceiling unless he becomes substantially better passer. Cause I don't think there's any way possible. He can become a substantially better runner. He's got to <laughs> run for 2000 yards to become a substantially better runner. So maybe that there's a word of caution. I've seen Justin Fields ranked as either the fifth or sixth, uh, best fantasy quarterback, and like you said, he's going anywhere from rounds three to four. Um, I've done a couple mock drafts. I think I don't. I don't think I saw him in the third round, but I do think he was early in the fourth or middle of the fourth. So he could be said you that that could be a letdown. He could be a far better quarterback this year and be somewhat of a fantasy letdown. So if you draft a quarterback in the fourth round. Um, He's got to have a pretty, pretty magical year. Yeah, because I think in your fourth round, let's it, I'm just going through the top of my head who was who was going in the fourth round last year as far as quarterback, and that was a bad year for quarterbacks all around. But Kyler Murray, um, Josh Allen, I think Josh Allen's going a little earlier than that. But yeah, he was. I seen him. I thought you meant gone by the fourth round, but no, I'm just going just. Quarterbacks I saw in the, in the fourth round. I remember Kyler, the Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson, was, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was going pretty high. Yeah. yeah. He ruined a lot of seasons. Didn't he? Um, yeah, so if Justin Fields is going around that group, um, I think that's I think that's fair. And I think anybody that gets him around in, in that space would, would be would feel that they won the draft. They 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 hit a gold mine. Obviously, I don't see anybody taking them before Josh Allen, just uh, Jalen Hurts, or or Pat Mahomes. I don't see that. But if you get him, if you get him right, right around Lamar, or right around um, blanking on some names, uh, uh, the kid out of kid kid for the charge. I can't th- I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Right. You get him around there. Oh, you you. You, you're you're ecstatic because you you feel like you got the better quarterback out of that out of that group, but as you said, you know for him to replicate last year or build on last year, tall order, tall order. But tall order because a lot of it was based on rushing, and I don't think yeah. you could expect him to have that same rushing output. Yeah, we've you're not the only one that's compared him to Lamar Lamar Jackson as far as like being a a potent runner. A lot of people have said, yeah, I mean. He's he's got it just like Lamar's got it, and I, his vision is otherworldly. You know, watching him last year, the way he was just reading the cutbacks, re- yeah, reading the cutbacks, reading where to go, where when to slow down, when to accelerate. His it it was crazy. But if he's if he's actually on that level, the Vicks, the Lamars, got to do it again. But we don't want him to do it again. We want him to you know you know no. you know hit him hit him let's hit him from all angles. You know this this get it from the pocket. Let's get it from. Right, let's get a, let's get some runs. Let's get it from the pocket too. Let's do it all. I've got I've got uh, I got another one. <clears throat> let's compare 
his situation with the Bears to that of Hurts with the Eagles and Josh Allen of the Bills. You know, uh, two Q, two QBs who ran a lot early, who leaned on running a lot early in their in their career, right? Um, but as soon as they made their trades for wide receiver ones, the Bills getting um, Diggs and the Eagles getting uh, AJ Brown. AJ Brown, right? You saw you saw a, a different level those quarterbacks go. So you saw Josh Allen take it to an MVP level. You saw Jalen Hurts, you know, explode MVP level last year, right? They, and they're and it, and it showed in their passing rate. They they were protected. What I'm what I'm saying is they were protected earlier before they had that go to guy in 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 the uh, in the wide receiver court. They the offense protected. They let them run. Let them do safe passes. Now that the Bears get DJ Moore, we expect that the same. We, I don't. I, let me not use the word expect, but I hope that it it also trickles. It, that that type of um, progression comes around to you know the Soldier Field as well. Even though I'm not saying DJ Moore is on the same level as AJ Brown or Stephon Diggs, I definitely think he's a tier below, if not two tiers below. But he's got the game, and we just hope that it's. Uh, that it percolates the same way. Right? I definitely agree. Um, it'll be interesting to see what DJ Moore's impact is on Justin Fields. Uh, that is a great comparison. Both of those quarterbacks going into year three were given number one receivers. Uh, the Bears obviously tried to replicate it. I don't know if it's actually because the Eagles uh, paired that with one of the top offensive lines in the NFL. And I think the Bills had a couple other veterans around him. So um, I could definitely see Justin Fields making that similar leap. Um, I'm consciously optimistic. Yeah, me too. Bear down. <laughs> Optimism is the name of the game. All right, everybody. This has been episode 13 of the Bear Claw Podcast. Follow us on Facebook. Like us at the Bear Claw at Hallis Hall Podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend. Bring them. Download, subscribe, and do it all over again. We'll be back next week. We talk about fantasy defense for the Bears and some other Bear notes. Peace.